I can see what you see not. Vision milky, then eyes rot. When you turn, they will be gone, whispering their hidden song. Then you see what cannot be. Shadows move where light should be. Out of darkness, out of mind, cast down into the halls of the blind. For the life of me, I still can't figure out why the hell we are still identifying items. Or do I understand it? Hmm. You're giving a lot of thought to this. And Diablo 2 was a big deal because you had to have scrolls, right? They dropped and stuff. And we even know from some early build footage of Diablo 3 that those scrolls also existed. Scrolls of identification. Remember those? Oh, man. Remember those days? If you play Torchlight, you have those, you have those still. I want to say, uh, ah, what's that popular one on Steam? Exile. Ex- something eggs of, of Exile. That one, that also, I think, still uses the scrolls. It is a well-established and commonly used tactic to find out what the hell just got in your bag. And most times, or oftentimes, it can also be just rares uh, and uh, common stuff. Blues and yellows back in the day. It would just sort of randomly be things you would have to identify. And they seem to ramp up in quantity the later you got into the game, the higher level you were. And today, in Diablo 3 and in Reaper of Souls, identification is represented in two very, very simplified ways. One is pick up a legendary. It's in your bag. Right-click said legendary. Do a little dance. And boom, you now have the staff of plundering or whatever, right? Or you go, you, uh, you, you do a successful rift run where you are just tearing through that place. No time to stop and check what legendaries you've got. No time to stop and smell them there, roses. You go back to town and there's a big ass book sitting over there by your, by your stash that is called the Book of Cain. Decker Cain left it behind when he shook off this mortal coil. And you click that book and that book goes, right? The pages flip. And it identifies your items for free. And every item you have in your bag that is is or was a legendary, uh, currently unidentified, will be identified. And then you can go just kind of do them all at once. Very rare that I use that. I did use it once because I came back with extra quantities of, uh, of legendaries than usual. And that was great. Surely that saved me some time. But... Uh, it's not the same mechanic it used to be. It used to be a thing that you had to either pay for more of those scrolls or find more of them. And they, you know, you felt like you had a, a limited resource you had to be careful with. And I got to thinking, okay, well, I understand simplifying some of these things, make them less arduous or less, you know, things that are less fun, take those out of the game, replace it with things that are more fun. So then the question kept popping up in my head as to why just. Why don't you just remove remove it completely? Why don't you just have a legendary show up? And I figured it out. Here's why they do it. Name a game where you don't like to open a package. Case in point, the Nintendo 3DS. Even when you've gone to the store and you've said, yes, I do want this copy of 
Mario jumps Luigi in an alley.com uh, for fourth edition 2001, right? That's the game you buy. And you know you've bought it because you just paid for it and you downloaded it. It finishes downloading. It doesn't show up in your menu as a game. It shows up in the menu as a gift, a package, a thing you have to open like Christmas. Although in this case, it's like you snuck downstairs and saw what was being wrapped before they wrapped it. And then you opened the present on uh, Christmas Day and acted surprised. But still, same deal, right? It's a package. It's a Christmas gift. You open it up. Boom. Mario, Luigi, everybody's happy. This is not the only example. There are many, many games. Hearthstone. You unlock new cards. They, 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 they have gone through great painstaking work to have you go and open a pack of cards and have it explode on the screen and have it be as epic as humanly possible. Human beings like that thing. That Call it a mechanic, call it whatever. They like to open a thing. They like to get a new game in the mail and open it. And so these are just digital equivalents of that. Like I think Nintendo has it right. You want to feel like you're actually getting something. So you open that thing up because we are entering this world where less and less of our goods will be physical and more and more of these kinds of things will be digital. I'm already kind of all in on that, right? So I think that Blizzard left it in, not just as a, a nod to the past or not as them just saying, well, yeah, we better keep some of this in or else someone's going to be mad. I don't think it's that. I think there is real gameplay, player satisfaction value in opening something that you don't know what it is until you open it. Having it not cost anything, this all makes the barrier to entry much lighter. But I'll bet there were meetings where they're like, yeah, the, 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 the net effect is the same, guys. The dopamine boost in the brain is exactly the same when they, whether they have spent a scroll or didn't have to. And therefore, that is why it existed. It's the Diablo Show, everybody. Episode 8. Man, we're tearing through this season, aren't we? Mere episodes away from episode 12. I think it's safe to say that we're looking at a, at a season two. Things have been going real well. Big thanks to you guys, by the way. You've made it all work. Honestly, you're you're the key factor here. So uh, big appreciation for me. Did Dead Mouse call the show last week? That's still on my mind. Did Joel Zimmerman, a.k.a. Dead Mouse, musical sensation Dead Mouse, <laughs> call the show? And I've tried to reach out on Twitter for some kind of confirmation. Dude's been busy racing, racing a car across Europe with Tony Belacci from uh, Mythbusters. So I don't know how he got any, he wouldn't have no time to respond to me right now. But we all know, we know for a fact that he's a humongous Diablo fan. And here's what he did. He called last week and uh, here's just a ta- just him at the beginning introing himself. Joel Zimmerman, a.k.a. Dead Mouse. All right. Do you hear that one more time? Joel Zimmerman, a.k.a. Dead Mouse. All right. He's in a car or something. Now, it's not exactly a direct comparison, but here he is in an interview talking about his music. Here you go. My first kind of unofficial album was called Get Scraped, which really had no dance music in it whatsoever. It was all very, you know, kind of experimental and weird. And All right. One more time. Joel Zimmerman, a.k.a. Dead Mouse. I think it's him, you guys. I'm pretty sure that's him. 
And I kind of skipped over it last week thinking, well, no one's ever who they say they are on the internet. So I just didn't, you know, didn't bother. He was asking about those ice climbers at level 60 or plus. Anyway, I just want to use this show as a platform because I think it may be my best way in to say, Mr. Zimmerman, a.k.a. Dead Mouse, if you are indeed listening to the show, let's do an interview, man. Let's talk about how you play. Don't worry, I'm not a fan. I'm not, I'd love your music, but I'm not an f- idiot. I'm, I'd love to have you on. Just Let's talk about Diablo. It's not going to be fawning all over you. It's going to be fawning all over the game you love. Can we make this happen? Let's make this happen. God, I'm not sure how everybody else feels, but when I find myself looking at all the crafted set pieces that I can build, I'm not too impressed with the set bonuses. I'm not really sure how you feel about this or anybody else really in the community. Are you making a bunch of crafted set pieces or do you just feel like I do and you're just waiting for the non-crafteds to drop? Am I making a bunch of crafteds now? (laughs) Boy, am I. (laughs) We'll get to that in a minute. Right? Because... Things have changed. This week is a significant, uh, significant things have happened this week, which we'll get to in the news. So don't worry about that. But yes, I am making them. And um, the set bonuses are, are, oh, something's ringing. What's ringing? Hold on. Oh, gosh. This is all happening live on the show. Find my phone alert. I don't know why that's playing. Can I stop that from playing? Oh, gosh. All right. Thank you so much. Someone is trying to find their phone and they're using my account. Anyway, oh gosh, there it goes again. You know, time to turn ye old, ye old phone off. There we go. <laughs> you know, I could just edit this out, but I'm too lazy. So anyway, what was your question? Oh, stats, uh, set bonuses being underwhelming. I don't know. I think they're great. Right now I'm enjoying a four-piece bonus that is giving me 100% resistance to elemental damage that is huge and officially made me be able to solo when i'm soloing a rift or something bump my torment level up one up a slider um but i believe very strongly that the set bonuses and all these green sets are designed and not the set just not just the set bonuses but these sets in general and these green sets hey bud shut the door thanks sorry my son's probably looking for his phone um I'm of the belief that these bonuses are uh, just stepping stones toward better gear. Like the the goal isn't, these are not the end game. The end game is not just get all these set bonus sets. The end game is to get really rare legendaries, but these help you get there, right? Get you in the higher torment, get you deeper, deeper into them, into them, their chances, into the Vegas role so that you can get better stuff. It's a half measure. And even though Mike Ehrmantraut all taught us that there are no half measures, no more half measures, I still think there's room for one, maybe two. Oh, that music's quiet. Hey, Scott's first time you've done this or something? It's like you haven't done seven other episodes. So there is some stuff in the news, and the big one was the one that kind of caught a bunch of us off guard, including me. Patch 2.0.6, which we knew was in the works, happened, and it honestly kind of threw me for a loop. 
because what changed was big. They took away the need to have rare legendary crafting material drops for, for crafting. So no more farming for some weird book or some strange amulet or some guy's ear or whatever. That's done. No more of that. Suddenly I can make everything I have recipes for. I can, I, I go in the, I went into the crafter man and oh goodness, look at, look at the list of suddenly quantities next to uh, numbers next to the things I can make sets. I was working toward a farming for that. I thought would just never get the pieces for. And suddenly boom, they're ready to make four items later, four pieces later. I'm a hugely improved mage. I'm sorry, wizard. So that's a big deal, man. And this may have been data mined before, or someone may have talked about it, but it completely missed my radar, and I had no idea it was coming. And what a day that was. I'm sure some people are like, dumbing down the game. But here's what they said, all right? This is a really interesting um, quote from Blizzard. This is all part of their their new um, philosophy regarding Legendary. And it says here, Legendary crafted items are meant to be both a stepping stone into the game's items, into end game items rather, and a good place to spend crafting materials at the end game. While we like the fantasy of having the unique crafting materials, I have to admit that stuff's kind of cool in the lore and whatnot. Obtaining them was either keeping too many people from being able to complete the recipes in a timely manner or encouraging game flipping or similarly uh, less than ideal patterns of play in order to acquire them. As such, we are removing the requirement for unique items when crafting legendaries. Uh, that whole stepping stone thing is, I think, important. And that's what I mentioned earlier. This is all not shortcuts, but these are paths to a greater thing. They were never meant to be the thing, but the, the hard, the hard to get them factor in those legendary crafting materials made it feel that way, made them feel much harder and less obtainable. So people would get to a place where it was like, well, I don't even know what to do here. I'm spinning my wheels. I'm not getting great drops going to take you a lot longer to to kind of luckily get there than by taking some of this crafting path to get there so i think it's a, a brilliant move here's the only thing i would say i would actually argue they could have done this and they wouldn't have had to have thrown away all these art assets and all this stuff connected to what they have so far right connect you know they just basically threw these out and and what i would i think i would rather have seen have happen is is have them still be material you need to craft the item. But when you hover over it in the recipe, have it say falls off of so-and-so. Right. And then go, you would go, you would have to go find, you know, whoever skeleton King, let's say it's one of his items and kill him once in a bounty or otherwise. And he's, he drops it. And you and you only had to do it one time because it comes off of him, and you get his his ear, or his left testicle, or whatever it is every time, right? So you go, you go, kill him, get it, go back. It it wasn't that you had to farm him fifty times and got lucky to finally get one. Do you see what I'm saying? You could have kept it in, just made it super super easy, like identifying items. It's there's a still kind of a really cool factor of like. This is not, we have a lot of material in this item. This sword needs a lot of stuff, but what it needs most is the left testicle of the skeleton king, right? And, and without that ingredient, there is no sword. It is just any other sword, but you need that one magical property. That's a cool thing. 
So go knock it off the dude once, bring it home, make it. You took away the uh, the grind factor, and you're left with basically what we have now, which is the elimination of the elimination of them and the keeping of it, but making it easier the way I'm describing is kind of the same end game. It's the same, same result. And everybody had to kind of do one little extra thing for it. Big deal. They had to clear a, a, a zone, a, ra- a randomized uh, skeleton King zone, and then beat him once on whatever difficulty. Big deal. We're doing that every day anyway. Chances are we'd have already done it, but moving forward to make that a part of, it, I, I would have liked that a lot. I feel bad that they had to get rid of all that stuff and, and the lore behind those things as, as nondescript and sort of devoid of detail as they were. Like they don't go into great detail about that testicle and why we need it. Maybe I'm asking for the next short story to be all about his testicle. Oh, the other bo- uh, bonus bonus feature of this uh, change is, uh, and there were a lot of other things in the patch, so this isn't all there was, but these were the most seismic, obviously. Uh, Monk's got a bunch of great boosts that Monk's will be happy about. I don't play Monk, but I'm told by my Monk friends that everything's real good there. Um, I will say this. Uh, if you had any of those items in your bags or in your storage stash and they're still there or we're still there you can sell those now they'll be they'll end up being white items in terms of you know their rarity or whatever but you can sell them for 50,000 gold each 50k gold each so they're not just leaving you high and dry on those so go spend your money baby Woo! hey diablo show listeners it's dave from socal or at kg mage on twitter wanted to chime in on scott's advice for leveling and reaper of souls if you already have a 60-plus character, the plus experience gems in your helm, the red gems, uh, give you 30-plus percent to XP. So if you're leveling with friends, this is even better than the Torment 2 or Torment 1 or Master, whatever bonus you're gaining. If you want to take it a step further, slap that, a t- plus tw- 220 damage gem in your weapon uh, for quicker solo leveling. Um, just my two cents. Thanks. See ya. Hey, good news, everybody. Is Death Maiden's getting you down? Death Maiden's giving you grief? They were me. They no longer summon unlimited skeletons. <laughs> I have a small side note in a uh, hot fix recent hot fix I don't like the death maidens but uh, now they are limited as to how many skeletons they can spawn the problem was you'd walk into a room and uh, if one had already been in there pooping them out they may have made far too many and if you're running uh, I don't know torment 4 that can be unwieldy as much fun as it is to blow up a bunch of skeletons. So they did a theory craft again on Thursday. And that is a, that's a deal you can count on from Blizzard. They're going to do that every Thursday. And I enjoy those. But for the first time, they started doing a dev stream with it. And I think this is going to be something they do every six weeks or so. That was the word on the stream. I caught part of it, uh, but had some other stuff going on. E3 week was crazy for me generally. So I kind of had to, I don't know, spread my time out. But... um some interesting things came out of it. 
We'll start at the top of the list here for uh, what I wrote down. Kadalaha, Kadalaha, you know, gambler lady, is now supposed to have a better attitude. Because <laughs> I guess now, so even if she if she poops out a legendary, which is how I got my current belt, uh, she'll she'll say the same stuff she will for a blue or a rare. Like I've seen better. That's not very good. Whatever she does, she she was just as dour on those. So you'd have like a major upgrade for me. A belt popped and it was awesome. And she's like, meh, I've seen better. I was like, whoa. If that's what you're saying. I mean, I think that the, to a player who doesn't understand these things, they might get, they might think that, well, I'll just toss that then if she says that. I mean, if you're taking her literally, that's bad, right? Let's see what else. The monsters and tiered rifts. This is the upcoming tiered rifts coming soon. Will uh, drop no loot, no loot from monsters. All the uh, the 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 elites and standard ass monsters, nothing, no nothing from those mobs except gold, but no loot. The bosses at the end will compensate though with huge amounts of loot, including a very high chance of legendaries, gems, crafting plans, and so on. So all the stuff you want out of that that whole fight, there they'll be. This makes sense to me because think about it. They're eliminating all the time suck of the run, which is, oh, hold on, I got a legendary, let me check it. Oh, wait, my bags are full, I got to go back to town. Oh, hang on, or, you know, whatever. All of those things are usually uh, things that will slow your your progress down in the rift. So why not save all that for the end and have that dude just explode with goods, you know? I mean, that's the whole point of the tiered rifts, how quickly you're ripping through this stuff. It's this competition aspect. It makes perfect sense to me. I hope it truly does compensate, though, because that is a little weird to do nothing but golding or golding gold get grabbing the, the entire thing until you hit your, your limit and then comes the guardian. I don't know. I'm anxious to try that out. See how that goes. Uh, no ETA for 2.1 yet, they say. But some information about the patch will be shared, quote, pretty soon, unquote. Well, that doesn't qualify as mysterious i don't know what does and then uh, the other real significant thing is old legendaries are going to get revamped in 2.1 but not retroactively so hoarding them now is pointless if you're keeping a bunch of stuff purely because oh i think they're cool or they're gonna be awesome one day or my alts want them or whatever i guess your alts could still use them but they're not retroactively doing this these changes these buffs fixes whatever to any you already have so if you already have the sword of rectal bleeding it will not have its stats improved retroactively with the new sword of rectal bleeding okay now i don't know about you that's a sword i don't want Hey, Scott, love the show. Been enjoying your talks about Whimsyshire, and it got me thinking about my first experience there. When I got back into Reaper's Souls, it was after a very long absence of playing Diablo 3. So the first few weeks, I was pretty disoriented and just focused on Act 5 and relearning the game. So I may be remembering this wrong, but I recall at some point going into town and clicking on the Rift Stone, or perhaps it was the Orange Portal, I don't quite remember, and dot, 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 I find myself in this strange land of unicorns and clouds and candy and, of course, monsters, as you would normally see. And my first thought was like, 
WTF? Are these riffs? This is crazy. What is all the hype? I later come to find out that riffs were a bit more randomized than that. Um, but then when I look at Wiki, uh, as I look up Whimsy Shire, I find out you have to, you know, do quite a number of things to get to this place, like uh, get plans, build a staff, this and that. So do I remember it wrong, or is there some way to get to Whimsy Shire through riffs? Thank you. You know, there totally is. Um, so you're right about if you want to just take a casual run in there or bring a friend in and farm for the pinata or whatever, you have to... You have to have the items. You have to have done the, the, the quest stuff. You have to have the staff. Um, and there's clear instructions online how to get all that. What to farm, how to do it, and everything. I have yet to do it. Because every time I've gone there, including, well, I've only gone once, is with a friend. And that's how you get in otherwise. So a friend who has done it can go pop it for you and you're in. You don't have to do anything special. You just get in. Um... If you don't have the staff, you can't get in. But if you are randomly placed there in a rift, you can totally get in. That happens all the time. And in fact, didn't they say it may be this patch or maybe 2-1? Now I can't remember where I read it. But somewhere along the lines, somebody had said in authority that uh, that you'd be able to um, see that more often. That, the, that Whimsy Shire would show up in rift runs more frequently than it does currently. I have actually, in all the rifts I've run, I've yet to see it in a rift. But I know some who have seen it many times. So it's like anything else. It's just a random... It's an RNG, baby. RNG. Kicking RA one day at a time. So, on Reddit, uh, Zach's... Uh, I want to say his name. I never know how to say his name right. On Twitter, sent me this link, and I want to thank him for that. Um, a link over on Reddit on how to boost the effectiveness of your followers when you have the Ashira's bonus set. And uh, I have that set, and it's great. What happens is every so often, it's pretty frequently, all my followers will pop, even if I'm in multiplayer. So if I'm running a, a, a rift and I've got three other guys with me, they will suddenly out of nowhere, the uh, all three of my followers will pop. And, you know, Scoundrel shooting arrows and what's-her-name's doing magic. And Zippy over there has got his all his abilities, healing me and charging and Saying, do you see that creature over there? Glorious, right? They come out of nowhere. They do their thing for about eh, 10 seconds or something. And then they're out. They pop out again. They kind of teleport in and teleport out. And it's a great set bonus on that, on that gear. However, what I didn't understand is that there is actually, if, depending on how you gear those three followers with the character that you're running, and of course that's different with every character, right? Every character's got those guys at different levels, different gear and everything else, uh, that will uh, how that will affect how good they are when they pop, how how much they will help you. And some of this is just straight up theory crafting and number, you know, min-maxing on those guys. But it's a really, really good, um, well thought out, like incredibly well thought out guide on how those guys work in this particular case, like how to maximize them with this, with this, uh, with this set bonus. So I'll put a link to it in the show notes for the show, and you guys can check it out. It's way too deep to go into here, but it's really cool. So thanks again, Zaxy. Zaxy. How do you say your name? Also, we found out at E3 this week, we have exclusive content for the PlayStation 3 and the PS4. This was all revealed at E3 and made official. First up, The Last of Us Nephilim Rift. 
Get ready to endure and survive, says this post. We've teamed up with Naughty Dog to create a unique Nephilim riff for the Ultimate Evil Edition, inspired by the award-winning PlayStation 3 title, The Last of Us, also coming to PS4 anytime now, featuring uh, hand-picked environments from the Diablo 3 universe and an ominous yellow spore effect. This randomized dungeon level, available on, only on PS3 and PS4, uh, is sure to awaken the survivors in us all. So note to PC players, that is not in your game. But it makes sense. This reminds me of... Um, oh, what's the fighting game with the swords in it? And they had Yoda and Darth Vader and uh, Spawn and uh, Zelda and Link was in one of them for the Nintendo, for the GameCube version. I can't think of that stupid name. Soul Calibur. There you go. Soul Calibur games did this. Same idea. Exclusive stuff based on the console you're on. Fan service, if you will. Also, Shadow of the Colossus Transmog set. And I quote, Raise thy sword by the light. You know, I'm going to read this in a good voice. Hold on. Let's get a little music going here. How about this? Here we go. Uh, Raise thy sword by the light. In addition to The Last of Us Nephilim Rift, the Ultimate Evil Edition will include a PlayStation exclusive that pays homage to the gaming classic. Players who choose to join the crusade against death on the PS3 or PlayStation 4 console will be rewarded with the guise of the Colossi, a unique set of transmogrification plans that unlocks six armor appearances Inspired by the influential PlayStation 2 title, Shadow of the Colossus. These striking appearances will be available to each of Sanctuary's larger-than-life classes. Scott, Vex here. Um, so with the new seasons coming out, I'm just wondering, should I even play Diablo? I mean, there's going to be new legendaries and I get a little another class again, so why not just wait till the seasons come out? Thanks a bunch. Love the show. Bye. That's a fair question. This happens with me with MMOs, like with WoW. I'm, I'm playing the alpha, so that's fun, but you know, there's I'm stuck in this rut in the core game where I'm like, I don't want to I don't want to do any of this stuff that's just holdover until new content, you know. I feel like this is a little bit different though, because in Diablo there's a reason to obtain gold. There's a reason to keep rolling on on gear sets uh to see if you can get better rolls. There's a reason to talk to Kadalarha, uh, to collect mats, to have um have those chances at better legendaries, even though some of this stuff's going to get retrofitted and to still have fun with your friends. You know, I mean, there's still reasons to be doing all of that. I, I, I don't think it's as detrimental to the game, to this game, to know that there's more on the horizon and wonder if that sh- should mean you should slow down or not play. I, I don't, I don't feel that way about Diablo the way I do these other games, other games. Sometimes MMOs fall into that rut for me. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I totally get where you're at, though, and I get where other people are on this, but I th- I say keep going. Plenty to do. Plenty to get. Save up your stuff. The things you're going to be getting by naturally playing are not going to go away. 
Blood shards are here to stay, man. It's the way it is. Ooh, good news, though. Like blood shards, auto pickup of gems and crafting mats, quote, still on the way, unquote. This is what they say in the forums. This is a good suggestion, they say, and it's actually been something that we been, uh, have been planning to add since just before Reaper of Souls launched. It's still on the way. If you don't know what I'm talking about, think of it as gold. The way gold is now, you for, you've all forgotten. It used to be Diablo 2, you had to go and uh, manually pick up every piece of gold that dropped. Not every coin, but you know every cluster of gold that dropped, you had to pick up manually. You don't do that anymore. You just run over it because it makes perfect sense. Then in uh, Reaper of Souls, they did that with potions, health potions, like they did with gold. Before Reaper of Souls and straight up Diablo 3, you still had to click on those. So these are things you're always going to click on. So those kinds of things, they're making auto pickup. And it sounds like uh, crafting mats and gems, which I think totally fit in that category. That's on its way. And that's great. They say, while it is on its way, it is subject to change. But here's what we had to say about it originally, in case you haven't heard. I should point out that we won't uh, be making any adjustments to the crafting resource management system in patch 2.1. The idea, uh, ideas we have about possible changes to crafting material, storage, and currency is just that, ideas. They're still subject to heavy amounts of change and iteration and are not something we have yet decided to implement. But I like these quality of life improvements in the game. So if I don't have to click on garbage on the floor that I know I'm going to have to pick up anyway, and I just want to do that when I'm evaluating gear that hit the ground, that's great. Now, at some point, you want to be able to run over gear and just vacuum it all up. Some might. I still want to pick things up. I don't want to pick all of it up. I think they're striking the right balance. So that'll be interesting. Also, speaking of rifts and how long they last, again, call me naive, but I had no idea this was true. I just assumed it was, I knew it wasn't a timer per se, but I, I didn't know what actually constituted the progress bar in a Nephilim rift. I thought maybe it was just, oh, well, I had more elites than usual, so that boosted it. Um, but if it was all just like single target lame mobs, that's going to be much slower. Uh, I, I didn't know. I thought it was some funny math going on. Turns out it's not a timer. It's a counter. There was a post in response to somebody on the forums that said, you need to kill enough monsters. 999 is the current count for you to reach 100% at which the point or which point the guardian will spawn. Why? I didn't know that. You to kill a thousand mobs. What's crazy is that there are times where you're in there with a fast group and you'll kill a thousand mobs in less than four minutes. <laughs> you know? If you're getting lucky on layout and stuff. I mean, that's crazy. Think about that. It's a lot of death at your hand, the hand of your of your of your monk or whoever you're playing. Anyway, for those who didn't know, yeah, 999 mobs. That's the uh that's the rift quantity. I think they didn't put the number because the number would drive you crazy, wouldn't it? It'd be like a battery um indicator on your phone. I prefer to see the like the visual that the battery itself is running out and not a number. And the number makes me nervous because then I can see it tick away. 38%, 35%. Oh my gosh, I'm almost at 20% on my phone. I'd rather have just some straight up visual. And that's what the Guardian Rifts do now. So I think I like the way they're doing it. Maybe one day they'll let you choose. And if they do let you choose, what are you going to choose? Hey, Scott, this is Zach from Utah. Big fan of the show, love Diablo, been a fan for a long time. I just had a quick three-part question. 
I'm a huge fan of Diablo 2, and I miss runes, jewels, and charms. I was wondering what you thought about them taking out runes, jewels, and charms, and if you miss them, let me know. Um, no, I don't miss them because we have runes. They're just different now. Uh, charms were just another stat stick. And look, and it's been a while and I played so much Diablo three. I've probably squished some Diablo two memories out of my head, even though I played the hell out of that game. But my memory was charms were just another inventory slot, right? Or no, no, no. It was something you just carried in your inventory. You always had to have in your bags for it to take effect. Um, but it was, again, another, just another little stat boost. Uh, I don't miss that. I think that just took up space and was irritating. You can make up with that with other things. I think the rune system in Diablo three, uh, is really neat the way it works. And I also think the skill system in Diablo three is by far my favorite way to play an action RPG. I know some are very wistful and longful for the old days, but I, I'll take this over that. That other approach. I didn't, I mean, in retrospect, the Diablo 2 one was great for its time, but I don't feel like the skill system in there was great in the long haul. I also don't like games that make me assign points to specific attributes. I know some people love that. I hate that. Or if you're going to let me do that, I mean, that's what, that's what Paragons are, right? That's exactly what Paragon is. But like Paragon, if you're going to do that, you got to let me reset that and, and assign it any way I want, anytime I want. Otherwise, because the way it used to be in, in Diablo 2, you were locked in forever, wherever you put your points and wherever you put your skills and abilities and spells and stuff. They were there for the end of time until I think, what, just a couple of years ago, they put in a respec option. But respecking did not exist for like 12 years or something in that game. So, uh, no, no, no. I'm much happier with where we are now uh, with all those things. I cannot remember how jewels worked, though. I totally forgot about that, and I don't remember it. Charms, I remember. But man, some of those charms, because you had Tetris-style inventory, right? Having to fit everything in there. And I remember charms, like larger charms. They had the, the greater charm of whatever, and lesser charms. And the big ones were huge, and they took a huge slot, and they were, just, were always out of room. So to answer your question, I don't miss that stuff. And I don't think they need to bring it back. They could probably get people excited if they if they came out with an announcement and said, Charms are making a return, but not in the way you expect. Burp, 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 right? There's ways to make that interesting. So we'll see. We'll see what they do. Right, it's time for some more feedback from you guys. These are your emails and a few more calls. And you know what? Let's start it with a call. Got one here about... Well, it's from Deckard Kane, but I don't think it's the real Deckard Kane. You'll hear from him later in the show, but here's one. Scott, this Diablo show is fantastic. If you haven't noticed, this is Deckard Kane. I have to say one thing, though. You've been talking about when you go into difficulty... You set it to masterful. It's not masterful. And if you say that one more time, I might have to transmute my head in the Roger Cube. <laughs> anyway, keep up the good work. All right. Love the show. Fine. All right. I got you there, buddy. So 
I know. I keep doing it. I keep saying masterful. I put, put a full on there where there is none. The levels are normal, hard, expert, master, torment one through seven. Sorry, six. Torment one through six. And that's all done with a slider. But your core difficulties are normal, hard, expert, <clears throat> master, and torment. They used to be normal, nightmare, hell, and inferno. But that was... I didn't like the way they did that. You couldn't change that throughout the game. Anyway, what was my point? Oh, yeah, I won't do that anymore. It's master. I got it. I got it, man. I got it. Freaking relax. I'm not going to call it that anymore. Just hold on to your butts. We got an email here from Philip. Philip L., who says, hey, Scott, I've been trying to find out if crafting loot on higher torment settings results in better crafted loot, such as crafted legendary items, but haven't really been able to find an answer and wanted to know if you could help. Really enjoy the show. Been listening since the first episode. Keep up the good work. If your difficulty setting is set to torrent six and torrent, torment six, don't send me an email about me saying torrent by accident, okay? All right. I have arcane torrent. That's the thing I do. Um, yeah, no, you don't. It doesn't matter. You can be normal. You can be normal or as high as you want to be. It doesn't matter. And when you're crafting, that is not determined. The crafting part is uh, the difficulty settings are only about fighting and killing and stuff. It's got nothing to do with your roles uh, on loot, nor does it have anything to do with Kadalarha. In fact, the best piece of loot I got to fall off her randomly, a legendary, happened while I was on normal. Because I was just tearing through stuff to farm for something and she just happened to. And, I've, and I've, I've crafted on normal and I've crafted on high and I've crafted worse stuff on high levels and better stuff on, on lower. It's all random. So don't worry your little head about that. Here's a car, call, car, here's a car, call about a dude who plays hardcore and why. Hey, Scott, this is Kevin. I just wanted to talk a little bit about hardcore. Uh, one of the reasons that playing hardcore is good is because it gives you an actual stopping point for the game. Otherwise, you just end up playing Diablo forever and ever and ever and just getting more loot and more Paragon levels. But at least once you hit 70, even if you do die, you do get to keep all of your Paragon levels and anything you've unlocked for your vendors. So... At least there's that if you do die. Anyway, love the show. Bye. All right. Appear into the mind of a hardcore player. I started a hardcore player and I started even uh, recording video of it. And then decided it wasn't that interesting. But I started a a, um, barbarian. His name was I Die Soon. And he played uh, well. And I killed him on purpose to try to do something with the video. And it just fell flat and I decided not to use it. But uh, it was fun while it lasted. I'm still, I, I, st- I mean, well, I still think that there is a hardcore character in my future. Uh, somebody linked on Twitter this morning. Oh, where is that? I should find that because it looked cool. Um, let's see. Here it is. Uh, look what I found on my hardcore crusader. It says Troll Dan Othrin. This is a hard piece to replace even as I level. Check this out. Ancestor's Grace. It's a legendary amulet. Uh, the bonuses on it are 11% speed increase, eight, plus 80% uh, experience, or 87% experience. 87%. I got to quit saying percent. Plus 87%. Plus 
experience. Man, something wrong with me. But here's the most important secondary stat. When receiving fatal damage, you are instead restored to 100% of maximum life and resources. This item is destroyed in the process. You know how that works? That is made for a hardcore character, man. You wear that thing. You you hardcore it up. You get yourself killed. Boom. Back to 100% of everything. One time only. The amulet explodes and is destroyed at that point. That's pretty badass. Anyway, let us know how it goes, man. Good luck on your hardcore characters. Uh, Up next. Uh, Hi, Scott says... Oh, I didn't get the name. Dang it. I apologize. I didn't get your name. Although, wait. Nope, I did get your name. It's John Young. John Young says this. A fresh seventy level 70 crusader does not... Or does feel weak, he says. I think it's because... And this is because last week I said that I felt like my level 70 felt weak when I got there. He says, I think it's because there are so many game-changing legendaries for them they have to balance around. The Crusader gets really fun if you get some specific legendaries for him, shields or weapons. This is where the fun begins. I think it's the class with the most game-changing legendaries, uh, ones you can construct entire builds around, like Captain America's build. I would check out the build on Diablo fans. Hammers seem like a good starter build. I don't like, or see, I don't like as much, but uh, he doesn't like it as much, but things seem to melt when you use them. All right. I don't like playing the Crusader as melee either. I play him as a super tanky burst caster. He feels like a wizard or a DH to me, uh, but with a lot of armor. Keep up the show. Love it. Thanks, man. Um, yeah. Yeah, I see. And I'm not a fan of that whole thing. And this is also true. Uh, uh, witch doctors are going through this right now. There are a lot of guild or uh, guild. There are a lot of builds that are based on gear or guilds. <laughs> see, see what I did? Gear and builds, guilds. And uh, I don't like that. I'd rather play. I'd rather play what's fun and have the gear help me do whatever I want. That's fun. Now, some of these things are fun. I mean, Captain America's build that looks really fun. I've seen many play, people play it in rifts that I've run with them, and it looks like a blast. But uh, I don't know. That just that class just really fell off for me at the end. I loved it uh, through most of its life. I loved it through about sixty, I think. And it was 60 through 70 and then beyond that I've just been kind of bored of them. I don't know. I don't know. It could be totally me. And I am not, I, I realize you can do a lot with him at range, but I, I am just not a melee guy. I never have been. I always tend to go with ranged or may, uh, with uh, area of effect style classes. You know, if, if there's arrows to be shot in the game, I like that. I'll probably get my demon hunter done at some point. I like magic. So, you know, I think my preferences are showing there a little bit. But that's kind of where my head is on it. I'm curious. You guys probably have a lot of feelings about it, so let us know what you think. Hey, Scott, this is Dr. Zombie. I'm really loving the Diablo show. Uh, but I wanted to ask <laughs> what your opinion is on achievements. Do you go for achievements? Do you uh, find them interesting? Do you think that there should be more reward for them? Do you think they add something to the game Diablo 3? Uh, I haven't heard you talk about achievements, and I was wondering if you even give a crap. So uh, let us know. I give a crap. I like them. I think achievements are great and they're also here to stay and they are part of video game culture for here and forever. So uh, you almost can't put out a game now without having achievements tied to it. And uh, Blizzard is all in on this idea. So uh, I'm totally fine with them. 
I think they're fun. I think they're interesting. I think some are ridiculous. Like the, the one that's like kill, I forget how many total trees it is, but all of those trees in act one that, uh, uproot and start putting poison bombs on the ground. You're supposed to kill a certain number of those. It's absurdly high that number. And I don't think I'll probably ever get that, but uh, I know some people who are working on it. Hello, Ralph. Um, but anyway, I like them. I think they're good. I'm never going to get all of them. I'll never be like a full achievement getter. I go for the stuff that I think is interesting or fun and not the ones that are arduous and boring. And I don't really care about bragging rights so much. Uh, you asked about whether they should have more rewards tied to them. And I actually think that'd be a great idea. How cool would it be with every, uh, you know, with every treat, every treat, with every achievement down, uh, a legendary would drop when you got that achievement, you know, be in your bag or be back at your stash and you had to go check it or something. Or, or something like that, you know, more, more, more stuff tied to getting loot in the game is always good for me. So I'd like that. But, but on the whole, I think it's fine. I think it does add something to the game because other people, a new way to play. All right. I got a call that sounded like this. All right. So check this one out. It starts so interesting. And then, and then, and then what? Hey, Scott, I wanted to tell you about a really cool item I got the other day. It was running around. Oh, that's for your score. Oh no. And just. What? What? Spe- All right. You see, you see what happened there. I would just make this recommendation. If you are in a tunnel, do not call me from there. <laughs> I want your calls because they're rad. I love your calls and I don't want them to stop coming. And I would really have liked to have known what that guy got. So a call back, dude. Second, just, you know, have some good range on your phone when you guys are doing this stuff. Uh, all those calls came in, in to us today at 206-278-0553, or you can send uh, attachments to the Diablo Show at gmail.com. All your phones have voice memo features. Use those. Those are fine, too. The Diablo Show at gmail.com, or like I said, the phone number, 206-278-0553. Oh, that sounds good. Before we get out of here, a couple quick things, contest-wise. Should we just do, like, straight-up contest? Well, let's do it. All right, here you go. we got to make this a big deal. Here's the deal. Um, I've been promising forever that we would have the skate deck, custom skate deck. If you've you've followed us on Twitter, you've seen the little video of me holding it. Uh, If I can't grab it here. I was going to bring it over here, but you can't see it anyway. But anyway, it's covered with signatures from all of Team 3. The entire Diablo team has signed it with permanent marker. And it is a thing they are never going to manufacture or mass produce. It is a one-time deal. One exists. It's a skateboard deck. There are no wheels or what do they call them? Trucks? What are those things? Whatever they are. Uh, The things that hold the wheels. That is not included. It is straight up just the deck. If it were me, I'd never ride it once. I would hang it on the wall and cherish it for all my time on this planet Earth. For you to win or be considered to win this amazing gift from Blizzard. How nice are they to even do this? Uh, you will do the following. You'll send me an email to thediabloshow at gmail.com and you must have this in the subject line. The word skate, S-K-A-T-E. 
must be in the subject line because I will be filtering winners that way. And if it is not there or it is spelled incorrectly, you will not be in contention for the win. You will not be eligible. So again, email saying why you want this thing. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. I'm primarily picking this, well, entirely picking this at random, but this is how we're taking the uh, the randomization here. So I'm getting them via emails. So you email skate in the subject line why you want it, and you'll be entered to win. I'm going to run the contest for two solid weeks. So we won't give it away next week, but the week after that, we will give away uh, this amazing deal. I mean, how rad is this? So anyway, partake in it. Be a part of it. Enjoy your life after winning the coolest thing ever. I'm sort of tempted to keep it, but I won't. Do hang around for the rest of the show because uh, after I'm done talking here, we got some calls that were best suited for the end of the show. So I'll be putting those on the tail end of things. Please listen to those. We got another call from Deckard Kane coming up here shortly. It's a good one. Stay a while and listen. That's I think that's the segment we'll call that. Uh, quick shout out to Chad Willett and others who purchased the uh, loot pinata, the Diablo Show loot pinata. It helps support the show and make it possible. If you guys pick that thing up, it really, really does help uh, this show stay on and helps us get closer to a season two. Go to frogpants.com slash store. That's frogpants.com slash store. And... Uh, Purchase the Diablo Show Loot Pinata. It's right up front and center there. You can't miss it. So do that, will you? Don't forget at frogpants.com slash Diablo is where our show notes are. We'll have links to everything we talked about today. That's frogpants.com slash Diablo. The Diablo Show at gmail.com. Once again, is our email address on Twitter. You can follow the show at The Diablo Show. You can follow me at Scott Johnson. And uh, you can phone call us. You can phone call us. You can call us at 206-278-0553. Keep them short and keep them interesting. And they might just make it on the show. You guys are amazing. Thanks a lot. We'll be back next week with a brand new show. Stay tuned for a bunch more stuff right here. And we'll see you then. Joel Zimmerman, a.k.a. Dead Mouse. Hello, I am Deckard Kane. Today's letter comes from your mother. She writes... Dear Deckard, please inform my child that they are playing way too much Diablo 3. I haven't seen them in days. They don't call. They don't write. In fact, they completely forgot about Mother's Day. Thank you. This is unacceptable. You really should talk to your mother. After all, she's done for you. Go ahead. Get her some flowers, or socket a fine gem into something for her. I'm sure she would appreciate the 10% extra chance for gold find. That's the kind of love a child should show a parent. Thank you, friends, for staying a while and listening. Hey, Scott, just got done listening to uh, last week's show. Um, The part about the guy... Uh, just playing for the first time, not sure what to level up and gear for as far as what stats to look for. Kind of got me thinking about what happened to me recently. Um, I was on my witch doctor and uh, a sword dropped, legendary sword, and it had a reduced level requirement by 30. Um, so I transferred it to my wizard, who was 44, 
at the time um, and upped its CPS from about 2K to 68K, so that's a, a great increase of DPS. Um, so I was able to start flying through Torment 2 leveling. Well, I was kind of wondering what you would uh, think about uh, possibly getting a nice set of legendary gear that had a reduced level requirement for faster leveling um, and torment farming. Um, love the show. Keep it up. Hey, Scott. This is uh, Peter calling from Ann Arbor, Michigan. Uh, I was listening to an episode of uh, the show, one of the first ones, where somebody kind of mentioned uh, the Rift It Forward program where, you know, somebody opens a Rift and then in the community basically says whenever they're almost done with the Rift, uh, then, you know, somebody will open up the Rift when the Rift Guardian is dead. Just kind of wanted to give a little bit more detail on how it all kind of works. Uh, so basically, one person acts as the runner, will open a Rift in whatever difficulty it is, usually T1 through T6, and then uh, when they're almost done, close to being done with the Rift, uh, or when the Rift Guardian is spawned, they'll run away and then uh, post in the chat channel that they have, you know, a Rift Guardian up. And then usually usually they will say who will open up the next rift, whether it's the lowest paragon, the highest paragon, or the last person to join are the most typical ones. Um, but, you know, I thought the listeners should know about it. It's a great way to kind of do quick rifts and, uh, you know, always spending rift key fragments. Uh, but, you know, it's a really great way to get blood shards and to get legendaries and forgotten souls. Thanks. Keep up the good work. Love the show. Bye. Hey, Scott. Eric Muller here. So... In regards to kickables and clickables, I uh, this is how I like to do it. I like to use my Demon Hunter, and on my secondary skill, I use the Chakram skill with a Shuriken Cloud. And that means those Shurikens just... It's a passive skill, so they're just spinning around you. Uh, you just recast it every ten minutes. And so what that means is when you're running around, anything you get near is going to get hit with them, and that includes barrels or little stacks of rocks. And that means I don't have to click as much. I can just walk around the area and everything's getting destroyed around me. And uh, it's an easy way to find a, a lot of that loot. Yes, you still do have to click on corpses and junk. But it cuts down on time. And it's fun to watch everything break, too. Loving the show. Bye-bye. Hey, Scott. It's Keith, a.k.a. Balsartan. I've been farming for the Hellfire Ring over the past two weeks. It's worth a Google for your listeners who aren't familiar with the item of the grind to get it. I really enjoy bounties and nephrifts, but there's something about playing towards a goal that really gets me going. The effort you put in, you know, as much as sitting in front of my uh, PC playing Diablo 3 can be considered an effort. The anticipation of the drop, the excitement of getting closer to the goal. I miss things like getting a tune for MC or the Karazhan key grind back in the day that have been abandoned as the business models of MMOs have evolved to appeal to a broader, more casual player base. Hopefully Wildstar will have some of that stuff. haven't really gotten far in uh, enough yet to know. Anyway, I wonder what other endgame goals Blizz could develop for D3 besides the Hellfire Ring. More farming to make Uber items seems obvious and easy. I wonder what else they could throw at us to keep us kicking and clicking for hundreds of more hours to come. Maybe opening a new vendor that sells legendaries or access to another kind of rift with an upgraded loot list. What do you think? Anything you'd like to see added to keep the endgame interesting beyond the intrinsic slot machinery that defines a brilliant action RPG? Joel Zimmerman, a.k.a. Dead Mouse. 
podcast is part of the Frog Pants Studios Network. For more information about this and other shows, visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there.